Before we jump in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humour that some may take offence to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned. The episode starts in three, two, one. (laughs) A book and a bear. And welcome back to another episode of A Book and a Bev. We are your co-hosts, Bryony, Ellie, and Georgia. And this week we are back again, women's rights, women's wrongs, with Sidetracked and Scarlet Angel by S.T. Abbey. Okay, books two and three in the Mindfuck series. You rot roll indeed. <laughs> rot roll. And again, I still find it funny that it's by Stabby. <laughs> it is by Stabby herself. Anyways, these two books obviously are book two and three in the series. It's a dark series about a lot of dark and twisted things. Remember, I know we've got our little intro that says check your warnings, but really check your trigger warnings for this book. Please. Yeah. We will not be responsible for any mental breakdowns. No, I'm not even responsible for my own these days. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, what are we all drinking? Nothing thematic for me. I've just got wine to soothe my soul after the stress that I am enduring. (laughs) from this series (laughs) yeah look i am being a little bit boring tonight i am on the waters if you can tell that i'm a little bit husky a little bit sexy it's because i've got a blocked nose so i am not risking myself drinking because i am in fact blaming alcohol for my sickness (laughs) because why would i take responsibility of my own actions the theme of this episode is we're not taking responsibility exactly Um, my drink is called sidetrack AKA I meant to go to the bottle and get a thematic drink, but then I got sidetracked, so now I've got Jack and Coke. (laughs) (laughs) So brilliant. All right, guys, general vibes for books two and three. Okay. This is a series I am hating how much I bloody love it. It's just every single kill or close call. I am on tenterhooks waiting for Lana to get caught. It is not doing my mind, body and soul any good right now. I could not cope with the magnitude of this level of stress in the real world. Like I just, no, above my pay grade, uh-uh. But you know, I just don't want to stop reading because now she's a feminist Batman and she's just really doing the Lord's work and ending all of those motherfuckers and I love her, but I'm conflicted. Feminist Batman. I wasn't expecting that. Fuck yeah, feminist Batman. That's so weird. Across a douchebag, you just send out the bat signal. Lana comes. What is the bat symbol for her, I, I wonder? Dick and the balls, apple with maybe? the nails in it? Could be. That's better than dick and balls. I was just purely <laughs> thinking dictation. Dick and balls. <laughs> just a little angel. You know, I feel like that would be. And, and they just get like some red cellophane and they put that over the light. So it's a scarlet <laughs> angel. <laughs> Crafty. So you must always have that on your person. <laughs> you must always carry some red cellophane. Just a little piece of red cellophane, yeah. <laughs> well, this is where we start getting into the nitty gritty. It's not pretty. We are distressed, but we are absolutely hooked. We need to know what happens and why it's happening, and we need those fuckers to burn alongside our favourite FMC. So let's fucking go. Not me That's thinking it. that you're saying our favourite FMC needs to burn alongside them. No, no, she's no. There we're alongside like, her. And we're like, yeah. yeah. Again, Georgia was the very supportive assistant to the serial killer. I am. She was too. Justice for Denise. Justice for Denise. 
list. Okay. If you were looking for a series that gave you both women's rights, women's wrongs, and also fuck around and find out energy, this is that love child. These two books are just like a whirlwind. You absolutely blast through them and both books end on such like high drama moments that you just have to start the next one. Whether it's Lana killing pedophiles or taking on a serial killer in her own house. Like these books are just straight up fire. That is not to overshadow obviously how traumatic Lana's journey is. And again, there should be trigger warnings on this book, but fucking love it. I'm obsessed. Recommending it to everyone I talk to. (laughs) Me too. On that note, let's dive into book two. Just to remind everyone, Lana Myers, aka Victoria Evans, also Kennedy Carlisle is our FMC. Logan Bennett is our hot golden retriever FBI agent. Jake is our brother figure who was in love with our brother, Marcus. And then there's a very long list of men that we're killing. Yeah, there's Hadley, who's a ranger and a hacker. She's giving us Garcia from Criminal Minds. She really is. While also a little bit of like Abby from NCIS. Can I have (laughs) a Criminal Minds moment here? Because quite clearly Logan Bennett is Aaron Hodgner, right? But he's not giving me Hodge vibes at all. He's Mm. because Hodge is like Mm -mm. that quiet reserve, like doesn't smile. Logan, he's got a bit of edge to him. So not quite the same. He's actually giving me more Derek Morgan vibes than he is Hodge, but Mm. that's nonetheless. There's no Spence. I need a Dr. Reed in this book. Like a person needs water to survive. I just, Criminal Minds is nothing without that man. He is insanely like intellectually hot. I adore him. And yeah, he's not here, but that's okay. But we do have Garcia, so that's good. And I just don't like the females on his team. The females on his team just annoy me, especially fucking Lisa. Don't even get me started. God, yeah, I know. Lisa was really, she was close to being on that kill list. She would have been on Ellie's kill list. Mm. She still is. In these books, we've got the Boogeyman, who is the serial killer that is targeting Logan and by extension our gal. And we've also got Mr. Ferguson which is another killer that our girl kills. <laughs> Yay. Well, let's dive into book two then. We start sidetracked with uh, Lana opening the door to find a small FBI agent-sized problem with the name of Agent Hadley Grace. Hadley is like, yo, you are not who you say you are. But lucky Lana has like obviously been waiting for this moment and is prepped with her traumatic cover story ready to go. Does she convince Hadley? Does she hold her at bay? We are unsure, but basically Hadley leaves and Lana sets Jake on the whole Hadley problem. She's like, figure that shit out. I don't have time. Because Logan has another serial killer-sized problem, and that is the boogeyman, who is out to target him, and that means that with his MO, that fucker is going to gun for Lana. Ba-bow! Lana and Jake discuss the boogeyman and note that she's basically going to have to go into the metaphorical ring with the boogeyman. It's going to be serial killer versus serial killer for book two. Logan, to protect Lana, basically puts protective agents on her house and obviously this is a problem for our gal. The quote we get is, and my boyfriend has the cops watching my house. The house where I have all of my murder supplies that I have to use. Cops that follow me to the store when I get milk. Obviously, they can't follow me and guard my kill zone for days on end while I torture people. Stupid boogeyman. Logan comes to Lana's house and, like, Lana lets him and some other agents into the house, like, as she needs to be briefed on what's going on. But the situation is even more awkward as Logan's ex, Lisa, is one of those other agents. And she is putting off shifty vibes. Again, very close to being on the kill list. Ellie would actually put her on the kill list if you think about it. I would. (laughs) I simply would not cope. Logan is, like, terrified of what the boogeyman will do to Lana, which we're just like, oh, no. (laughs) Because Lana is thinking, 
I don't tell him I'd just castrate them and nail their dicks to the wall if they tried anything. Instead, I let him feel as though I'm weak and need protection because right now that's how he needs to feel. The truth is just too dark to overcome and I wonder what will happen if the truth ever comes to light. Again, thank you for the foreshadowing, Stabby. Lana basically agrees to the cop staying in her house, but even that is risky. But speaking of risky, Logan gets word that two more guys are missing from that small town, you know, like Delaney Grove. And so that's like making him revisit his serial killer profile, which again, they still think it is a repressed gay guy. (laughs) So when Logan checks in with Lana, we get this hilarious moment where the cop he assigned to her wasn't free. And so Detective John Duke is assigned to Lana. And he is like this hot as fuck single detective and he's working out with Lana to try to like, you know, give her some basic self-defense tips. <laughs> and Logan, he's like, shit, this is not who I assigned. I assigned you like an old married guy. And now <laughs> this is happening. And then he nearly swerves into traffic because he's like, oh, keep me busy while I drive. And Lana's like, I could tell you how I broke my vibrator. <laughs> I just, it's beautiful. I love it. But also we do realize that Hadley has not told Logan about Lana's other identity. So that seems just weird. We then go back to Lana and, and well, she's with Duke and he is embodying his true mediocre white guy essence and is mansplaining self-defense to her. She lets him tell her how to fight while noticing all of his flaws and I love it. She's playing (laughs) a weak and pathetic girl, aka me, so he doesn't realize (laughs) she could ruin him physically, emotionally and financially within like two minutes. It's the financially for me. So Logan then walks in on Duke choking out Lana, which is quite the sight. Duke tightens his grip a little too much and Lana just karate chops him in the throat. So write that down, girls. Next time you're being choked, unless it's during coitus, but then again, maybe you want some extra spice during that. (laughs) Unless it's consensual. Just just whack him. (laughs) Whack him right in the Adam's apple. I love that he's like on the ground choking. She's like, fuck, please be able to breathe. Oh, good, he's fine. <laughs> it's like if they say they like choking, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you like choking? I like choking. You're like, okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Anyway, Logan and Duke have a dick measuring contest as to who gets to arrest the boogeyman, all while Logan is metaphorically lifting his leg to pee on Lana, marking his territory. Usually I have an issue with that type of possession, not so much at the moment because Logan's quite hot. Yeah, Logan is one of those guys that I reckon if it wasn't in this story, I'd be like, he is on the cocky side of confident because, you know, cocky, Mm -hmm. confident, fine line. You want Mm -hmm. one, you don't really want the other. Mm -hmm. But with this dynamic, I'm like, I love it. Yes, more. Yes, even with the blonde hair. I've just overlooked a lot. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) I'm like, it's dark blonde. It's almost brown. It's like a mousy Mm. brown. Yes. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Anywho, our favourite couple makes their way back to bed because Logan is tired after a day of fighting crime and or evil. Lana asks him if he and Hadley were ever a thing because she may or may not be a little jealous, which relatable but really she's trying to work out why Hadley rocked up to her house after playing a game of Blue's Clues we do learn that Hadley is a girl's girl so Logan tells Lana there's nothing to worry about also he thinks about her like a sister which if you've read some of the books that we have that would not fill you with as much ease as you'd think yeah no um Blue's Clues are you kidding me way to ruin my childhood Ellie (laughs) you you brought up Ready Steady Cook we had better homes and gardens last week as well we did too Look at us. classics. Their time together is rudely interrupted by Logan's phone and he's informed that there is another body with the words, you can't, carved into it. You can't. (laughs) Not not you can't. You can't. You cannot. You 
fucking cunt. <laughs> you cunt. Classic. The real kicker is that he tied the body of his victim to a car and then he drove that into the middle of the street. Watch a fucking sicko. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the idea. He is a serial killer. Yeah, I, I know. But still, that just <laughs> didn't sit well with me. I could take the you cunt bit. I couldn't <clears throat> take the car bit. That's just crossed a line. It's too much. Okay, <laughs> okay much. Clemens, Gerald, whatever the fuck your name was. Yeah, fuck you, Clemens. We do get a troubling flashback now to Victoria, where she was being tied down and being told, open your eyes, sweetheart. You don't want to miss this. Then even worse, someone else says, do it, Marcus. Do it or we'll make it so you never do it again. What is he meant to be doing? What is she meant to be watching? This is troubling. I do not like it. Yeah, it was at this stage. I think I'm in the lunchroom. I'm reading and I look up at George and I'm like, no. Yeah, no. No. If they made him fuck his sister. We'll get into theories, but that is what I think. That's I'm the what same. she's putting down. She's putting that's what that she's down. Putting down. And we've all picked that up. And even if that didn't happen, we've picked that up and now that's in my brain and I'm not happy yeah. it's in my brain. For that to be in my brain, already she was justified. Again, didn't even question the motives. But as soon as that thought entered my mind, I was like, what she's doing well. isn't enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in the past because yeah. that's where it belongs. We'll get back to it. Logan gets a lead, which means he and Donnie race off to an old factory when they discover the car of Lisa and Delise and their car's on its side after an almighty crash. It turns out that the boogeyman drove them off the road, then threatened to kill them while he carved into Lisa's arm the word keep. And I hope mm. this doesn't give her some complex that she's important to Logan because fuck right off. I'm just also getting alarmed about what this sentence is. You can't keep. You can't keep a cunt. You cannot. In Dobby's famous words, that cunt <laughs> is a free elf. <laughs> 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 they do some deep thinking and they realise that he is getting tipped off, likely by someone in the force who may have had a family member taken as hostage. I feel like they get to that conclusion very quickly, but we're here on the journey, so it's fine. Well, they I are mean, a bunch of profilers. Job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah true. Is... Would make sense. <laughs> Even yeah. with the three of us and we're going, okay, potential theories, what's going on? We would go down the deepest, darkest rabbit hole tangent that you've ever seen. Oh, for sure. Like I've actually got multiple personalities and one of them is Plemons. <laughs> I think actually it is me. We then strap me to a chair. I'm getting an exorcism before we've ever considered that it's someone else. Georgia is. We're just splashing holy water in. The oh actual mole is like, yeah, you're fine. Like they're not, they're not figuring it out. No, you've got some time there. So they get to the hospital with the rest of their team and Logan is confronted by Lana who has heard that members of his team have been hurt but she didn't know who. So she quite rightly is freaking out but Logan is pissed that she came to the hospital because it could compromise her safety with the boogeyman watching them. I really wish they gave him a different name because everything just feels a lot cheap. That's why you just emasculate him by saying he's Oogie Woogie, like from Nightmare Before Oogie Christmas. Oogie Woogie. Oogie Woogie. What's up, man? They get into a fight and Lana drives off, telling Duke to kindly fuck off and take the protective patrol off her property. She takes some security measures, taking her phone battery out and disconnecting her GPS, and she heads to the warehouse that she has with Jake to swap cars. So she ends up talking to him and he tells her she's being a petty bitch, but she's feeling pretty stabby. So Jake tells her the fucked up story of Hadley's stepfather. His name is Kenneth. Turns out he too is a piece of shit who had the tendency of touching little girls and conveniently now works as a social worker with children. Tale as old as time. Eh, fuck me. It's not great. Lana is like, say no more. I'll get him to confess his sins. And it's like, yes, Lana, you do that. I normally don't support murder. Now I do. I'm a change. Yeah, but she's 
so fucking hot while she does it. So I'll, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, all right. <laughs> she can kill me if she wants. Okay, I was more so thinking about murdering pedophiles. You can do both. Yeah. Women's rights, women's wrongs. We should all have hobbies. Some are knitting. Some is dry floral arrangements. Some is a podcast. Some is killing pedophiles. You know? Potato, potato. Exactly. What is the difference? One comes with 25 years, but that's okay. (laughs) So we move on and Logan is freaking out because our girl isn't answering his calls and neither is Duke. But he's got bigger fish to fry because apparently our killer has kidnapped the SWAT team commander's daughter. Sick. Lana is unprepared for her next kill, which is Kenneth. But that doesn't matter. She's getting it done. We get this quote. Monsters can come in many forms. A pretty girl who loves the color red, for example. The color her victims bleed when they are begging to be spared. Fuck, that's hot. Lana doesn't actually care if Kenneth's body is found, but she's not just going to leave him out in the open like she does with the people that are on her list. She finds pictures in Kenneth's nightstand of a bunch of little kids, 70 of them to be exact. One of them was Hadley, but Lana took that picture because she knew that Hadley wouldn't want it to be found. And she knows that Hadley is like super prideful and has felt like she was crazy for this entire time. And so she's really thoughtful too. And that just makes her even hotter and now I love her and I want her to be with me. The whole Lana bit where she's taken Hadley's photo because she's like I know what will break her and it's this and I'm not gonna let that happen I'm like women supporting women women supporting women and this was the start of a beautiful friendship. It was! Lana then goes to a house that was abandoned but that Kenneth had opened up to her about during their torture session she saves like a little young girl called Laurel and she takes her to an old friend's house, Lindy May, which sounds like someone from the Grinch, one of the Who's. She tried to help Lana and Marcus, or Victoria and Marcus, that night, but Kyle had said that she had an affair with him and her husband left her and she was raped by Kyle. Kyle, you fucking bunch of cunt. You bunch of cunt, that's what you are. You're a bunch of cunt. That's aggressive and I enjoy it. I don't know who Kyle is yet, but he deserves a brutal, painful fucking death. So Lindy takes the little girl in she recognizes Lana's voice and they have like this moment Laurel tells Lana that she won't tell anyone about her because she wants her to kill all of the monsters and it's really sad and oh my heart but Lana ends up going through the next steps of what's going to happen moving forward now that she's got little Laurel she gets on her way when Lana gets back Logan is there and Logan is like babe please forgive me she does even though she thinks that she should just let it end here he like suckles on the clit of life and then Lana tells her partial (laughs) lies of what happened on that dreadful life. The clit of life. He suckles. 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 Suckles on, on a more serious note, Lana tells little bits of information about what happened that dreadful night. So basically we find out that she can't have children, which is a very, very big one. She lost a kidney and has scars covering her body and enough more metal in her face than bone. The whole like, they're like birth control and Lana's like, don't need it. Which is like one of those things. I, even though like I'm unsure if I want kids, I toss and turn about it constantly. I I feel like having the choice ripped away from you is so would just be so hard to come to terms with because you just don't have the choice anymore and some fucking bunch of cunt took
took that away from her. I've seen it in a lot of like essay support. There's a woman in particular who speaks about a similar journey she's gone through with all of these pelvic issues that she's had because of past trauma. And it has taken her seven years from the trauma to actually get any type of help to medically Mm. rectify what's been going on with her. The whole thing is just fucked up. And if you think like hypothetically she might have needed to have a hysterectomy, well, she's in menopause now in her 20s. Yeah. Like it's just mind-boggling when you actually think about the repercussions that this type of trauma can do to a woman it's just absolutely fucked yeah we also find out that she flatlined twice that night but she in her own words was reborn they fuck but it's more like making love and it's wonderful but his phone rings again and when he pulls out she feels the mess between her legs and is reminded of that night which is absolutely fucking terrible but on a positive note she feels healed because of him and that makes her not feel physically ill to be back in this situation. Logan's call is Hadley being brought in for questioning because they found fat Kenneth. <laughs> fat boy Ken. Fat I boy mean, Ken. noted that it's not because whatever size you are, we support you, queen goddess, but if, we are going to... Yeah, if you're to- a woman. <laughs> Unless you're a fucking pedophile. And then you're yeah, that If you're a pedophile, you bit- don't get the right to choose your name anymore. No. We choose it for you. Your name is not Kenneth. <laughs> Anyway, fat Kenneth. Logan is bringing Lana with him to the FBI headquarters to check on Hadley. During this time, Lana stays in the waiting room and Lindy Mae and Laurel come into the headquarters too. Hadley is showing the pictures they found and she vomits. Logan figures out that the unsub is the person who did the kill, realizes that they took Hadley's picture from the nightstand and realizes that they have some kind of a kinship with Hadley. It's a whole fucking time. Lindy Mae gives them a signed map of a burial ground that fat Kenneth has signed in his own blood. Thank you so much, Lana. Yeah. <laughs> we get this moment though, which is, but they're looking for a monster, not a girl who loves red, not a girl who's falling in love, not a girl who died 10 years ago. Big yikes. And like at this time, just bear in mind that like in the waiting room, Lana is just like sitting with her feet up watching the TV, like having a grand old time. And she's thinking, thinking in her head like, no one's going to suspect me because look at me, I'm just having a great time here in the waiting room. <laughs> um, and as Laurel is like leaving with Lindy May, she sees Lana and like Lana winks at her. Hadley sees this interaction and she's like, hmm very suspicious especially because like this whole time like like lana has been the angel for laurel laurel has kept mentioning her as being like the angel that's going to kill the bad people blah 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 blah. that whole moment when lana's in the break room and they're investigating Mm. the murder she just committed and she's like not a care in the world I was stressed. It did not sit well with me. Yeah. I imagining myself in that position being like, no. You've just no. killed, like, brutally murdered someone and you're just sitting in FBI headquarters like, what's up? But yes, Hadley ends up leaving even though she is suspicious. When our girl pulls up to her house, Jake calls her and lets her know that the boogeyman let the SWAT commander's daughter go. She's like, wow, that's super duper weird. But she gets off the phone and walks into her house and boom, gets jumped by the boogeyman. Just a giant booger 
jumps on her. <laughs> oh, gross. So that concludes book two. We left on a cliffhanger. Book three, Scarlet Angel. We start off with Logan's point of view, which is fucking frustrating because <laughs> I need to know what's going on and this isn't doing me any favours. Erica, who is the SWAT commander's daughter, she has been let go by the boogeyman, but she will only speak with Logan. She shows him the message he had carved into her legs, which is her safe. So if we string it all together, it is you can't keep her safe. <laughs> now, I love that it's actually quite positive. Like, you can't keep her keep safe. Her. <laughs> exactly right. You can't. He's just missing if the comma's in there or if the comma's not in exactly there. Right. Does he That's know grammar? And then also consider this. It's Logan Bennett was in the first body. Logan Bennett, you can't <laughs> keep, keep her, her safe. safe. That's actually very <laughs> supportive of their relationship. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Anywho, they figure out the boogeyman has gone after Lana and has orchestrated Logan to be too far away to get there to save her. She's not answering her phone and he is super stressed. We still don't get to Lana because chapter two is in Hadley's point of view. She is in a guilt spiral, blaming herself for not stopping her stepfather, Fat Kenneth, even though she was a literal child and the system mm. fucking failed her. And so did her fucking mum. Infuriating. So she's picking up on some weird vibes with Lindy and Laurel and she's starting to piece together the similarities between the serial killings and her stepfather, Fat Kenneth. She can't believe that Lana would do it, but she's just got a gut instinct. So she decides to break into Lana's house to release her inner Snoop Dogg. What? Not the Snoop Doggy dog. <laughs> because we've had a Blue's Clues reference, so we're going to keep it thematic with the dog. Now she's snooping. All right, we're I'll take it. On my wavelength, thank you. She enters the house and immediately finds the locked room and picks the lock, so that's not very secure. She doesn't get too far, though, because the boogeyman is there to rain on her parade. And I also would now need Leah Michelle to just sing Don't Rain on My Parade. Don't Please. tell me not to live. <laughs> just didn't stop. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so there's not much of a scuffle as he disarms her. He binds her arms and legs and shoves her into a closet where she can see what he does to Lana. She watches as he blindsides Lana and slams her into a wall and Lana starts laughing. He continues to kick and beat her and begins pulling down her pants until she says, I think that's enough damage to make this convincing. <laughs> Then she goes full ninja and begins kicking his ass and taunting him. I'd love this whole moment if it weren't for Hadley's point of view because now it feels like an evil villain's monologue when you know that they're about to get busted. But we do get some brilliant quotes, so just stay with me. I like choking men the same way you like choking women, she hisses, her tone so dark and sinister that it makes me sick, confirming my worst fears. But I don't prey on those weaker than me. I don't prey on the innocent. Ooh. Damn, that's hot. And then, I'm the girl who takes on the darkest of men. Men who have done things dark and twisted to the weak. Men who preyed on the innocent. Men who thought they killed me when I was weak. Just like the women you've killed. Ooh. If I was the boogeyman, I'd be quaking in my boots. Meanwhile, Hadley is like... Oh shit, she really is a serial killer. She's having a serious moral dilemma of working out who Lana actually is because she clearly was a victim at some point, but she did just kill her fucked up stepfather, Fat Kenneth. But then she also is a serial killer. So it's just like, oh my God, what way do you want to go? But she makes her mind up to support Lana when she hears her say, then you wanted to kill him. He's too good to die. He's everything opposite of us. His light still shines. I hope they have fun with you in hell. You sentenced yourself there the day you targeted the only thing that makes me feel feel as though there's still a soul inside me left to be saved. The only thing I love more than revenge. 
Oh my god. This is giving me revenge vibes, this show. Next chapter, we're back in Lana's point of view, who is pretty chuffed with herself. She's working out the appropriate reaction she's meant to have for when the police arrive, and she's going to go a bit stunned, shocked, and silent. I can just picture her, like, testing out different reactions. <laughs> Same. And it's even better when you realise that Hadley's watching her do this, and then, like, yeah. so she then she's... She sits there and she waits and she waits and she waits. And Hadley's just watching her. The whole just... time. Oh, my God. Sorry, it's good. so bizarre. Everything's going to plan, though, um, when the cops do rock up until they find Hadley. And for the first time in this whole interaction with the boogeyman, Lana is truly scared. But Hadley backs her story, repeating that the kill was just pure dumb luck and she's keeping Lana's secret. But there's no time to really dwell into that because Logan is here and we must have a passionate reunion. Hadley tells yes. Logan Lana saved her life. He's cradling her like some fragile little bird. And Logan takes Lana to a hotel. She can barely keep her eyes open. She's gone on 48 hours of no sleep. And she just dozes off peacefully in his arms. I'm still stressed. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. I'm not coping with this book. She's about to get caught at any second. And it's just, it's not doing me good. My Apple Watch, when I was reading it, told me to breathe. <laughs> it literally said, it's time to breathe. I'm like, you think? Anyway, they get a few days together in the hotel. And Logan's impressed with how together Lana is. <laughs> he takes some calls from his team and they're starting to put together the backstory for the Delaney Grove killer. They've narrowed it down to revenge killing, avenging the death and wrongful conviction of Robert Evans and the later likely murder of his children. They piece together that Marcus drove himself and Victoria to a hospital several counties over after he was castrated. So I'm going to let that sit and marinate in your yeah. brains for a moment. Oh, don't, because then I'll just think about a dick in, like, marinade sauce. <laughs> Oh, no. Why would you say that? Intrusive thought one. Okay, no perfect plan of revenge. She no, chops off Kyle's dick. I cannot do this. She cauterizes the wound with like an iron or something. And then she cooks up the dick. Or maybe she serves it raw. I'm unsure at this point. And she just slices it up. She starts with the foreskin. Just delightful. Oh, just the it's like chicken tip. skin, though. And initially, there's no seasoning. He just has to have it bland. <laughs> This is what it tastes when you're giving a blowjob. Kyle, get fucking used to it. We've got the whole shaft to go through yet, mate. Oh, wait till we God. get to those balls. I'm actually so unsettled I'm getting very fun. Okay. Logan looks over at Lana and rather than comparing her injuries to what he just learned were Victoria's, because, you know, the whole glass and the hip kind of thing, 10 years ago, face full of metal, no. He watches her peacefully sleep and while she sleep talks, she says, I love you. It's so cute, I die. And all of the stress and trauma from the previous few paragraphs have left my brain again, so... <laughs> <laughs> We're back on board. After Logan gets called away, after the bodies of Lawrence and Tyler are finally discovered, remember them from book one? Lana decides to confront Hadley. She's greeted at gunpoint, but she uses her various skills in martial arts to disarm her. Hadley tells her the only way she won't rat her out is if she tells her the whole story. So Lana does. And it must be fucking bad because it leaves Hadley vomiting. Sorry, that's good. We get this whole avenging angel prophecy thing that Lara needs to fulfill and Hadley tells her she won't tell the team so long as Lana doesn't kill anyone innocent, which is very noble and I agree. So Logan is at the scene of the murder of Tyler and Lawrence. We find out that Lana sewed their mouths shut, but not before she put each one of their separate penises into the other's mouth. Yes. So that's a nice little kangaroo style dinner for you. She performed forced fellatio 
Fondant. <laughs> Logan is so shocked how Lana is coping so well after everything. You know, he's just so proud of her. So Donnie finds out that there was actually a nail in Lawrence's stomach and not like an acrylic nail, <laughs> like an actual hammer nail. And he's like, hmm, that's really familiar, but like why? And I, funnily enough, know why that is familiar and so does Briny. I have guesses as to why it may be so, but. All right, well, we end up learning that our girl is speeding up the timeline. She's hiding bodies and planting the nails inside their bodies and she's also using, this is like the first proper mention we get of the wax apple, which is like filled with nails for every mother fucker that she kills and we love it we love it jake is thinking like a realist he's like what's going to happen when this is over you and logan will just ride off into the sunset like it's all a bit wacko but our girl's like i can't think about it right now do not bring it up and then screams and we all scream also she doesn't actually scream but i just picture in my mind her brain is internally screaming (laughs) anyway moving on (laughs) we get a flashback of our girl killing Anthony. He tells her that everything they did that night was to rid the world of evil. And if I don't hate religious cults already, I do fucking now. And our girl is like, you're a fucking idiot and kills him. And we all agree with that. Jake gets a visit from the FBI and they're like, whoa, he's in a wheelchair. And he does not do common things that people who are faking leg injuries like that would do so like he doesn't twitch his shoes are like perfectly clean on the bottom so they haven't touched the ground and he's totally absolutely not lying about being handicapped yes absolutely they ask him about the evans children and he automatically is like no we know that marcus was castrated which is super fucking terrible and we learn that the old fbi agent on the case ssa johnson was a shit profiler and ruined the reputation of the entire unit so that's great they end up leaving jake's apartment and we find out that lisa got a bunch of flowers from who she thought was logan but it was not jake ends up going to play basketball with a group of kids who also have disabilities and it's super cute but logan and donnie are going to hell because they're trying to pin the murders on him and we get this quote this guy is a paraplegic coach helping disabled kids he survived losing his mother at a young age his best friend and boyfriend as a teenager and he's paralyzed now yet he's the male version of mother Teresa, donnie states dryly and we're accusing him of helping a murderer i repeat we're going to hell. <laughs> Hadley finds out Lana sent Lisa the roses and Hadley's like, you're a fucking psychopath. And Lana's like, no, I just don't like how she basically pissed on Logan when I arrived. And yes, this is Ellie. <laughs> Where's the light? <laughs> Logan ends up walking in just at the right moment when Lana says that she loves him. He like jumps her, kisses her face and Hadley's like, well, okay, I'm leaving. Bye. We get this moment. I love you too, Lana Myers. He says so softly. And in that moment, I'm completely his. There is no revenge. There is no death staining my hands. I'm just a girl in love with a man who's destined to hate me when he learns the truth. And it's devastatingly tragic, more so than any Shakespearean play ever was. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm just going to black that out and just act like they just said, I love you. And that was it. And there was nothing else there. <laughs> nothing no. else was said. 
<laughs> but it's short-lived because Logan gets called into work again. SSA Johnson is around and we fucking hate that cunt. And he's like, well, this is my case now. And we wish him death and only death. Along with the director, McAvoy. We hate them both and Logan isn't happy. SSA Johnson, the director, are taking over the case. He profiles the unsub incorrectly straight away and says that he's put a guy named Kyle, here he is again, that cunt, into protective custody because he's narrowed the possible victim list down, but everyone quickly figures out that he knows what happened. 10 years ago. Yeah. He's given off shady vibes and we fucking hate him. So they're going to Delaney Grove and they convince Logan to bring Lana because she's struggling to sleep, apparently, coming from Hadley. <laughs> Thanks, Hadley. We get this quote from Lana, which is, Romantics always believe in revenge because romantics love harder, suffer loss more painfully, and hold on to a grudge that has shattered their hearts. Their hearts are of the greatest importance above all else, body, soul, or mind. She's very good with her words. Hadley tells Lana she's with her with whatever she needs. She knows Lana isn't a psychopath and believes in her cause. She tells Lana that they're going to Delaney Grove. Lana tells Hadley all about how the sheriff owns everything and he is super fucked and we also hate him and we also add him to our own kill list. Thank you. I just can't believe how one person can own literally everything to the point that he has his own TV station and chooses what his citizens watch. Hello, Vladimir. That, Hello, Kim That's Jong-un. a cult. A country Vlad. I thought you said country lad and I was like, what, he just I wears did. like a sidewoods cap, baggy <laughs> jeans. He's an eshe. But anyway, so Lana is going to kill some peeps while staying with the FBI at Delaney Grove. And it's going to be motherfucking awesome. Yeah, look, I'm so excited about this turn of events. So before she does that, though, Lana is on her way to kill the next person on her list. And she's reading her dead daddy's journals just to fuel her never-ending need for revenge. Sick. (laughs) Yikes. Jake is anxious as this is apparently the only fucker on the name with actual, like, martial arts training. And Lana's rushing... So, like, it's the riskiest kill she's done so far. Said martial arts fucker is Morgan. And he is a rapist more than once and has hurt more than Lana. So, of course, Jake is anxious as all hell, but can't help as the Scarlet Slayer needs to be, like, a one-man show or the FBI will realise that they've got a partner and the whole profile will be blown out and it doesn't suit their long game. So, Lana pretends to be a stranded traveller and walks into this guy's house only to be met with a gun in the face. We discuss via traumatic flashback that he raped her while trying to make her orgasm from it. He wanted her to enjoy being raped. And in the background of this flashback, you also hear something happening to Marcus. And from the comments that Morgan makes, yeah, I don't think Marcus is doing any better off, honestly. In fact, we are getting an increasing amount of references to a mirror and I am terrified. I don't want to know. In current time, Lana's close call is turned around when, of course, she gets the upper hand. She covers him in lube and sets to cutting off his dick, commenting on how it's more bloody because he has a heart on. (laughs) She then seals the deal by burning him alive. Fuck it up, sis. Meanwhile, Logan has made his way to Delaney Grove and is realising how fucking cooked the town is. The sheriff is obviously best buds with the Godfather, aka SSA Johnson, and they're basically getting the runaround. No one in town knows there's even like a serial killer targeting people because, like Georgia said, the sheriff has his hands on 
everything. That is. Until messages just start appearing on people's walls like magic. <laughs> and the town fountain and like water supply just turns blood red. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, so the theatrics are just oh, perfect. Oh, Logan is like, whoa, 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 whoa. This changes the profile. And at that moment, Lana and Hadley are on their way into Delaney Grove. And Lana is like still not telling Hadley everything that's planned because she'll need to figure it out with the rest of the FBI. Hadley and Lana briefly discuss their LGBT identity and whatnot. But we move on because Lana gives Hadley the background on just how fucked up the town is, like how the sheriff owns everything. And as they're pulling up, Logan then scares the shit out of them. <laughs> Hadley screams and Lana's just like what's up and he's like oh my god she's never surprised ha <laughs> she has normal reflexes but yeah basically Logan scares them when they arrive but it quickly turns into fuck town as they make very very passionate love while whispering I love you to each other Lana Aww. thinks she would take this for as long as she has it you know before Logan learns that she's a fucking serial killer and the quote we get is, it's everything I need and more. He's everything I wish I could be. A hero, a hero loved by a monster. So while they're cuddling in bed, they talk about where they could travel to together in the world if they could. And, you know, they talk about going to Greece and, you know, all other places of the world, which Ellie's theory of Jamaica is sounding real fucking good now. <laughs> Lana asks if Logan would still love her if he found out that she wasn't as perfect as he thinks she is. And Logan makes a giant sweeping declaration of love and she she obviously is like, oh, shucks. But like Logan notices the distance in her eyes. <laughs> I would really love if in that moment she's like, cool, I'm going to hold you to that. So that serial killer that you're looking for. Oh, that's not. Basically, Donnie interrupts the moment as they found one person in town who is willing to speak about what happened 10 years ago, Diana. And book three. Princess Diana. <laughs> oh, my God, she's back. <laughs> no. Basically, book three ends with Logan and Donnie meeting with Diana and like, We've got this whole moment as they're sitting down in her lounge room where she's on the phone with someone she cares about and she's like, yeah, stay in hiding with that really big hotshot lawyer you've got because I'm about to tell a story that's been burning a hole for over 10 years. And that's Jesus. it. Big, big yikes. You've got <sighs> stuff to look forward to, Ellie. I'm scared. I'm terrified. Terrified for my well-being. I'm terrified for Lana's well-being. So now, do you remember how, like, when we did book one, we just did a little bit of theories? I thought it'd be fun for us just to, you know, check in on our theories and see how we're going. Again, I was very psyched that, you know, book two was Lana versus the Boogeyman, so that was nice. And it was, like, almost correct. Like, I thought Lana killing him would make Logan sus, but no. <laughs> and then the whole gang rape backstory, I'm thinking, is still right on. So, um, yeah, we've got the confirmation of that, yeah, which I wish I wasn't right. And I still I'm on the fence about Logan figuring out it's her and then them playing like a cat and mouse game. Still very much think that's a possibility and I'm less certain about Jake turning on Lana and Lana having to kill Jake but I've got some new theories so new theory is that the godfather aka Johnson is the big bad and is going to be at the tippy top of Lana's kill list I can see and, that. and like we kind of touched on horrifyingly I think that not only was Lana and her brother gang raped but I think that they may have forced Marcus to rape her and surrounded them with mirrors so that they couldn't look away good I truly think that will happen. I'm not pleased. Yep. Not pleased. Not pleased no. at all. Horrified, in fact. Not and even pleased. putting that in the notes and even saying that theory out loud was really, really hard. So. Well, I have only one amendment to my theory, which is that Jamaica is now Greece. That is it. <laughs> Look, they did identify a foreign country, so that's right. They did. 
For music references, I've actually got a suggestion and it is Aimed to Kill by Jade Lamac. Getting lost inside my world, you don't know where I've been, I know, I know, I feel it coming and I tried to save a life with these diamond hands of mine but they're sharper than a knife, I'm aimed to kill. And I tried to fix a heart with these lips that left some scars, I swear I won't do no harm, shit, I'm aimed to kill. There's a killer on the one, someone call 911, I'm aimed to kill. Call me a monster or a saint, I'll still get you either way. (laughs) If you scream, I'll tie you up. I love that. Purely for vibes alone, I'm going to say Vigilante Shit by Taylor Swift because, Mm. yes. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, for listening to us ramble on about books two and three of this series. We'll be back in your ears next week with books four and five. So strap (laughs) in, prepare yourselves. We're going to go on a journey together. All right. If you miss us in the meantime, you can find us on social media. We're everywhere at A Book and a Bev. But we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube if you haven't already at a Book and a Bev podcast. Please rate, like, and subscribe. We hear that helps. We love and appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.